We serve a good God, don't we? Hallelujah. Well, we're going to be continuing on our journey about spiritual warfare. And today's message, the Lord told me to call to name Inhabited by Christ. Inhabited by Christ. So, we're going to continue. I think this may be the only time since I started preaching that I might actually go through an entire book, chapter by chapter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to start in Ephesians 2 today. And in verse 1, Paul reminds us of our condition without Christ. Before we came to know Christ, we were dead. It says we were, we were dead in our sins and stupidity. I know y'all probably think that's really harsh, but it's the truth. It is a stupid state of existence to be without Christ, whether you know it or not. And the precious heart of the Lord Jesus wants you to know. If anyone needs the... Um, the Aramaic translation. That's what we're going to be reading out of for the entire day today. So if anyone didn't get those sheets, um, Ken will pass them around. But anyway, right after that, then Paul very importantly renews our mind to the fact that Christ fills us. When we become born again, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, Christ fills us, even though we used to be dead, we come to life in Christ. You're going to hear that term a lot today, and I don't want you to dismiss that term, life in Christ, life in Christ, because it is the true life, living, glory, life of Christ. It's not just a phrase. It is a reality, living, okay? That should do something in you. That transforms you, okay? A resurrection occurs in you when the life of Christ comes into you. And then we walk that resurrection life out. So, Paul states in verse 2 that we were once ruled by the ruler of the authority of the air. That's the devil, okay? And his spirit. The devil and his spirit. So, that's a big clue right there. We need, we must actively engage and find out and recognize demonic spirits trying to influence us. Things just don't happen, beloved, okay? If something happens that is against the word in your life, you need to ask the Lord to reveal to you the demonic influence behind it, the demonic spirit behind it, and to reveal that to you. Whether, it doesn't matter what it is, whether that's a lack of peace, whether it's oppression, whether it's just lack, whether it's whatever it is, um, you need to speak to the Lord and he will tell you. So let's read verse two. And these things in which you walked from the first... You were in them according to the secular life. That's not going to be the Aramaic up there. So if you want to follow along in the Aramaic, you need to have the sheets, okay? You were in them according to the secular life of this world. Okay, that's a reality, the secular life. We don't just become saved, born again, sold out to Jesus, and then continue to walk in a secular life. That's all around us. And according, according, what does that word mean? It means in accord with, in harmony with, in unity with. That's what according means. According to the secular life of this world and according to the will of the ruler, of the authority, of the air, and of this spirit which is diligent in the children of disobedience. Okay, those are unbelie those yet to believe. We shouldn't use the word unbelievers. You don't ever want to confess that over somebody. Okay? We've learned that in this church, right? 
we say those yet to believe because that's what we're believing for. Okay, so remember, when you're saved, it doesn't mean that Satan's not going to be diligent to try to get you off track. But remember that no matter how diligent he is, you are an overcomer in Christ. That's how God created you to be as a born-again believer. So let's look at the word diligent from Noah's 1828 dictionary. Diligent, steady in application to business. Steady. Have you ever felt like there was a steady application to some (laughs) bad business in your life? Okay. Constant in effort. Constant in effort. Constant in exertion to accomplish what is undertaken. Okay? That's the devil's mindset. But you see, we overcome when we stay in Christ. And the sad, poor little devil, unfortunately, just keeps trying because he doesn't realize that. But you realize it, right? In Christ, that's our spiritual weapon. That's our standing. That's our overcoming stance in Christ. The blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. Correct? Okay, diligent. Let's go on. It means assiduous. That word, assiduous, means regular in attendance. He will regularly attend to try to lie to you and get you off track. And that's all he has is lies. But he regularly attends, constant in application, attentive, industrious, not idle or negligent. Well, we should not be idle or negligent. So don't let any of this bother you. This is just to make you aware of how your adversary behaves. But you are victorious in Christ. He has given you hope and a future. Okay? It means diligent, steadily applied. Now, listen to this right here. Prosecuted. He is trying to prosecute. But we have the greatest advocate. We have the greatest attorney, our Lord Jesus. He's, the devil is not going to win. Prosecuted with care, constant in effort. So he is trying to prosecute you, but you have the name above all names. You have the name above all incrimination. You have the name above all sickness. You have the name above all lack. You have the name above all darkness. Anything against the word. If you are diligent to study the word, when the devil comes, you just say, huh, sorry, that's a lie, and I'm not listening. You already lost, and I know it. Too bad you don't know it. But you're going to know it. (laughs) Before too long, you're going to know it. So the devil may be constantly attempting attempting to exert his will, attempting to derail you, attempting to speak to you in order that you will not, that you will maintain your old identity. But you're not going to do that, are you? You're not going to fall back into that old identity because you have an entirely recreated, resurrected, renewed identity in Christ. That is who... Christ living in you, the hope of glory, okay? He wants to remind you of your past mistakes. He wants to tell you that things in your life have been failures. But you're not going to listen to that. You're going to listen to the redemptive plan of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Remember, the Lord never speaks to you except in ways of peace. He always offers you hope. The scripture says hope and a future. So anything other than that, you don't need to listen to. Okay? All right. So we 
are going to understand our recreated beings. We are going to understand our new beauty in Christ. We're going to understand our forgiven status in Christ. We're going to understand our redeemed life in Christ. We're going to understand our position of rulership, our position of dominion, our position of authority, our position of power to enforce the word of God. What Christ has given us through himself. We're going to understand that. Christ did not come to leave you as you were and do nothing to change your life. He came to utterly, completely, fully change you into his redemptive vision of you that he had before you were ever born on this earth to give you hope and a future, which is basically the totality of the word. If it says it in the word, it belongs to you. So, Paul, Paul identifies with every believer. He says, you know, this is who I was, this is who you were, but this is who I am now. Remember, he says, I was the worst of sinners, and yet I, I have wronged no man. Like, how can you say that? Do you remember him saying that in the scripture? He comes out and he says, I have wronged no man. Because he allowed redemption, he, he allowed that to wash over his mind and his soul when he received it in his spirit. Okay? You know, that's really good to, to do, too. Like when you're talking to someone who's unsaved, it is okay to go back and say, you know what, I was once in that spot, too. They can identify you. They receive compassion from that. But you know what? Glory to God. Glory to God. This is what he has for you. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. He doesn't play favorites. His love is his love. <laughs> you know? So, verse 3, we also were employed in those works from the first in the desires of our flesh, and we were doing the will of our flesh and of our minds, unrenewed, okay, unrenewed minds, unrenewed to the word. And we were, oh, this is so awesome, this gave me new revelation. We were entirely children of rage as the rest. Look what, look what Paul calls the flesh and the fleshly state. He says it's a condition of rage. And see, people don't even understand that. They wonder why they're confused. Why are they tormented before they're saved? It is enmity with God. It is a position of rage, a condition of rage, whether, whether people realize that or not. Um, and, and the thing is that you can say, well, I'm, I'm basically a good person. Well, that's not enough. That's good you're a good person. We all want to be good people, but it's not enough. We need to be renewed by Christ. We need to be washed in the blood. See, in the spirit, in reality, rage is the underlying in the flesh, sorry, in the flesh, the underlying spiritual condition is rage because there's no connection there with your you know, spirit to spirit with the Lord. And that's what we receive when we receive Jesus, spirit to spirit. His spirit testifies with our spirit at that point. And that rage can be washed away. So any area that we haven't submitted to the Lord, you know, get quiet. Don't always talk to the Lord. Don't always talk, 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 talk. I mean, yeah, talk. But then sit still and allow him. You know, that can be a scary thing when we have a lot of things going on. That can be really scary. Oh, Lord, what are you going to say to me? What do I got to fix? But he's so kind and so gentle. And he always speaks to us in ways of peace and love and encouragement. So, you know, just get still and say, Lord, and you probably know in your spirit already if there's an area that you haven't submitted to him anyway. So why not just get rid of it? Why not just say, Lord, just come talk to me. Wash over that. Make me clean. Show me what that is. 
and help me to be yielded to you in that area. And do you know he will turn that into your greatest victory? And he will take that victory that you have received from him. That's what overcomer in Christ means. He will take that and he will allow you to share that with other people and be a healing balm of Gilead. Okay? All right. So anyway, doing the will of the flesh. So we, we, we were at enemy with God, doing the will of the flesh and the mind. Whether, whether we realize that or not, that is a condition of rage because we're not at peace. We haven't received the redemption. Um, and flesh can never satisfy your heart. Flesh will never satisfy your heart. It will never satisfy the cry of God that he has placed into every person that continually cries out to him. I believe that. I believe every person, because otherwise he would be an unjust God. He creates every person with a cry in their spirit to know him. And the spirit will always cry out for the things of God. It will never be satisfied until Jesus is Lord, until Jesus is allowed to come in and wash that. Um, so remember, redemption, redemption. What is redemption? Do you all remember? What is glory? Do you all remember? Do you all remember when we went through the definition? We went through all the scriptures. It is union with the Father. Jesus was in glory, union with the Father. And he has given us the same glory. We are, now we are now in union with the Father when we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Okay, and that's how we receive peace. So then, after verse 3, we get to this wonderful, wonderful but God part. Okay, anytime you see but God, just start dancing, okay? Just like start... <gasps> hooting and hollering and dancing and saying, yeah, that's mine, okay? So verses four and five, it says, but God, this is so rich, this is so rich, but God, who is rich in his compassion because of his great love with which he loved us. Great love, great love. He is rich in compassion because of his great love with which he loved us. You'll never change that. It does not matter what you have done good. It does not matter what you have done <clears throat> that is bad. He loves you the same it is his love. Everything in your life, in my life, changes when we receive the revelation of the love of God for us. Everything changes. If there's only one thing that we do that a person should, could do is just know the love of God. Just just. Focus on that all the time. Go through all the scriptures that tell you how much God loves you. It will change you. It will heal you. It will make you the powerhouse of Jesus that you are meant to be on this earth. You will be so unafraid of everything because you're just going to go out there and you're going to walk in the love and you're going to share the love of Christ in its full capacity. You're gonna, it's going to be unconditional. It's going to be uncompromising. It is going to be relentless. And you will never be ashamed. You are not going to worry. You will not be offended. When you are walking in the love of Christ, you will never be offended another day in your life. Nobody can hurt you. It doesn't matter what they do. You just carry on in the love. You just carry on in the love. You just carry on in the love. You have a hard time doing that? Just say, well, what would, what, what, how, how did I see Jesus manifest that? What did he do? Now let me tell you something. When you're walking in the love, does that mean you're a doormat? I'm no doormat. I'm not going to be anybody's fool. I'm 
you speak the truth in love. It's okay to throw out the money changers. So just because you're walking in the, in the love doesn't mean that you're weak or scared or fearful or that you're somebody's doormat. But the love is the essential part. Okay. So let's go back to that verse. But God who is rich in his compassion because of his great love with which he loved us, when we were dead in our sins, he gave us life together with the Messiah. That's his life. Do you know that you have been transplanted with his life? Life? Life of Christ? That's living in you. And by his grace, do we remember what grace was? The ultimate in beauty. Remember that from last week? By his grace, the ultimate in beauty, he saved us. God infused into us, when we were born again, the life of the Messiah. Pure life. Please understand that he did not just make the Messiah your friend. He didn't, the Messiah is your friend. But he is not just some friend walking alongside you. He is in you. He is in you. That changes everything. You are infused with the life of Jesus. Translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and life in Christ. Wonder-working, wonder-working life, wonder-working power. Cleansed, made whole, forgiven. He removed you from that kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, so that you can no longer, you no longer have to know rage, do you? You see that? He translated in you into the kingdom of his fullness, of his peace, of his love, of the entirety of who he is. You see, you, you, me, we, won the war of the kingdoms when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You won the war of the kingdoms. We were saved into life together with the Messiah. I call this far above all principalities, all powers, all might, all dominion. Do you call it that? Yeah. That's what, that's what we're talking about all through Ephesians. Those are listed in Ephesians 121 and, and, and 612. So we have been raised up to sit with Jesus, with himself, in heaven. We have been raised up to sit with God at the right hand of the Father with Jesus in Yeshua the Messiah. When he sees you, he sees you through the blood. What, what do you think he's seeing? What do you think God's seeing? That's what he's seeing. So now you are seated above all forces of evil. Do you, you get that? See, we need to own this, beloved. <laughs> Don't walk into situations whimpering. You know this. You know who you are. You will take command. I don't mean that in a bad way. But someone's going to take command. Is it going to be the beautiful, loving force of Christ? Or is it going to be the force of Satan? You have a responsibility to be the force of Christ. Amen. Don't think that's blasphemous that we are talking big gospel here. Satan can only use deceit and lies, but you have been given the spirit of truth, right? 
Let, let me just say this, okay? You know how at the beginning we talked about the forces, of demonic forces versus Jesus. There are, in our culture right now, I mean, there is witchcraft upon witchcraft. Of, you know, a spirit of control is a spirit of witchcraft, okay? You need to guard your hearts. You need to guard your children's hearts. The devil, I'm just using this as one little example of how the devil lies. And, and you can recognize, and, and that's, this is just one little thing, and you just apply this in all areas. There are no good witches. You show me one place in the Bible where there's a good witch. You know, Disney has defrauded generations. It really, okay, I'm not going to use the word makes me mad, but I kind of go, what, it, what were you thinking? There are no good witches. They just want to make it look good so that our children and, and adults will receive witchcraft. You see, Casper, it didn't matter. Casper was not a friendly ghost. That was, I'm sorry, that was a demonic spirit. All of that is demonic spirit. And now people want to look at the situation and say, bad Disney. Well, they were bad all along. Why did you ever let your kids watch them to begin with? There's hardly a movie that they put out that doesn't have some superpower from Satan or some witch or some magic. And then you, and then you wonder, people wonder what happened to our kids. Wake up! That's just one example. And everyone says, everyone says, well, the, in the end, it's all good. No, it's not all good because you got there by evil means. What does the scripture say about that? The scripture is totally specific about that. It tells us that our children do not get to know good by evil means. It says that. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of on a, a few rants today, but they're true. <laughs> so, but do you see that? Th those are examples of the diligent, crafty, witchcrafty, lies and deceits, the type of strategies that the devil uses, and then we wonder why a generation thinks the way it thinks. Does that make sense to you guys? Good. <laughs> so, hallelujah, where was I? Anyway. We have been purchased for freedom. So no matter what's going on around us, when we stay in Christ, when we live according to this word, we are free. Christ has purchased our freedom. So we're going to look at what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my soul or my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Da, 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 da. <laughs> settle down. <laughs> I'm going to settle. I am going to settle down. <laughs> He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Go ahead. Take it away, Linda. <laughs> okay. Ephesians 2, 6. And he has raised us up with him and seated us with himself in heaven in Yeshua, the Messiah. That's now, that's now, that's now. That is not after you die. 
that is an open heaven today on this earth. We live in an open heaven. We live in the convergence of heaven and earth. It is now. God has seated you with himself when you're saved. And guess what? Satan cannot reach you. He is under your feet. Now you need to walk like it. Talk like it. Let God reveal that to you. When you are in Yeshua, does Satan have any access to you? I wish I could remember this name of this rabbi. Um, he went to heaven, and God allowed him to see this, the demonic kingdom. And so he was with the Lord, and he was, okay, so here he is with the Lord, and here's the, the floor. And all these demons were trying to reach, and they couldn't even penetrate the floor. They couldn't even get to him. They just kept trying and trying and trying to get to him. And he was just right there, totally protected, and they were making fools of themselves, the demons. It's really a cool story. I, I wish I could remember it. Some, look up, Rabbi Goes to Heaven. I don't know how you would look that up, but anyway. So, our key, what's our key in spiritual warfare? It is to stay in Christ. It is to stay submitted to Christ. It is to stay in agreement with God in every area of our lives. So if there's an area where you're struggling, if there's an area where you're seeing things that aren't the way you would like them, just go back to submit that. It doesn't even mean you're doing something bad. Maybe there's just a little something that needs to be tweaked or, or, or changed a little bit. Maybe, it, maybe it's just how you're thinking about it. Oh, I'll never win this. This is going to be too good to be true. No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's just something like that. That you need to tap into what the goodness of God real for your life really is. You know, maybe it's a sense of unworthiness. Oh, I'm not worthy for this. Yes, by the blood, God made you worthy. You don't have to keep all that stinking, you know, I'm not good enough mentality. I don't know enough. I didn't study enough. I didn't do this right. No, excuse me. So, when we stay in Christ, our spiritual warfare is done in that area. Our spiritual warfare is done when we stay in Christ. We've won the battle. We are unreachable by the dark side. Okay, so why is this so important? Why has God done this beautiful thing for us? It's because he loves you. 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 He created us in love for himself. That's what we read in verse 4. Ephesians 2, 7 through 10. To show the coming ages the greatness... Oh, this is so beautiful. To show the coming ages the greatness of the riches of his grace and his sweetness. His sweetness toward you, beloved, which has come upon us by Yeshua the Messiah. That's who you are simply because you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You receive the greatness of the riches of his grace and his sweetness. He is sweet on you. <laughs> The Lord God himself is sweet on you and me and your children. For it is by his grace that we have been saved through faith. And this faith was not from you, but it is a gift of God. It is a divine gift. It is not because what you have done or not done. It is simply because you have received Jesus Christ. Not of works, lest any man should boast, anyone should boast, for we are his creatures, 
who are created in Yeshua the Messiah for good works. You are created in Yeshua the Messiah. You are created in Yeshua the Messiah. Those things which God had from the first prepared that we should walk in them. So he has showered us, he has filled us with the greatness of the riches of his grace and sweetness. That's what he filled you up with. (laughs) Remember what grace is? His ultimate beauty. You are filled with his ultimate beauty. (laughs) Like, you can't even describe that. You can't hardly even picture that, can you? Well, just ask him to give you a picture. Ask him to give you a vision of his ultimate beauty. I can't wait to hear the stories, you know, because they'll probably talk to each one of you a little differently. Show you something that really means something to you. (laughs) Okay, his ultimate beauty. So we have been recreated in his ultimate beauty. That's how he sees us, in his ultimate beauty. In the eyes of God, you are the ultimate in his beauty. And it has nothing to do with what you've done or or haven't done. It only has to do with the fact that you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is simply because of that. And now you are his child, recreated in Christ, the same grace and beauty to do the same good works and even greater than Christ because of the Holy Spirit now living in you. So you have been totally rebranded You have been totally redesigned. You have been totally reconstituted. Remember what we studied constituted meant last week? So now you have a responsibility. You have a mission for the Lord, for the glory of the Lord. Because of this glorious gift that you have been given. Ephesians 2.11 Because of this, Okay, because of this that you've been given, because of this, be mindful. Be mindful that you Gentiles from the first were of the flesh, that you were called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, Gentile and Jew, far and near, by that which is called the circumcision, and is a work of the hands in the flesh. And you were at that time without the Messiah. You were aliens from the government of Israel and strangers to the covenant of the promise. And you were without hope and without God in the world. That is a sad, sad state. But we have a good, good God. (laughs) We have a good, good God. That's the old man, but we are the new man. That's the old condition, but we have a new position. Be mindful, though, of where you were. Be mindful that Jesus has set you free, that him who he sets free is free indeed. And do not allow those old shames, those, the, the old mindset of the old man keep you in bondage. Be mindful now of what you have now. Be mindful of that from which you have been rescued. When we understand that, it impels us It gives us the impotence to fulfill the plan of God to his glory. You see, because we have a new hope, we have a new glory, we have a new power, we have a new authority, we have a new dominion, we have his sweetness, we now have the life of Christ flowing through our bodies. But we have been infused with his life. The curse of sin and death have been broken 
And the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is that which now flows living water through us, renewing us, bringing life in every area. And I'm talking real. I'm talking real. We cannot, we can no longer just use this as a term. It is life to your flesh. The word was made life and it came to dwell. That word became a body. That word is going to renew your body. Because it is total, pure, sweet, beautiful, wonderful life, the life of Christ, and there is nothing more powerful. Are we getting this? Life, 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 life. I speak life to every single one of you. I speak life to your bodies. I speak life to your minds. I speak life to your emotions. I command the very life of Christ to resonate within you, that you have a new understanding and a new revelation of what that life in you is. In the name of Jesus. You are delivered. You are delivered. You are delivered from the curse of sin. I think totally differently about that than most preachers. And I'm not going to go into all that right now. But when, when, when the word tells me I'm delivered, I mean it. I'm delivered. I'm totally rescued. I am totally made new. Ephesians 2.13. But now... You know, they all still want that curse to be able to operate. Well, that's just stinking thinking. That's just unrenewed minds. Okay, I'm not going, I'm just, okay, I'm not going into it today. <laughs> Woo, Ephesians 2.13. But now, oh, those lovely words. You are in Yeshua, the Messiah. You are in Yeshua, the Messiah. That is where you abide. That is where you reside. You are in him. The devil doesn't see you. You are in him. You are clothed in his glory. And he is in you, infusing you. When from the first you were distant and you have come near by the blood of the Messiah. Hallelujah. For he is our peace who made the two one and destroyed the wall that was standing in the middle. There is absolutely nothing standing between you and your father. There is no more wall. It's you and God. We have to know this to be effective in spiritual warfare for him. This is fundamental. And he destroyed the wall that was standing in the middle. And he has canceled. See that? Canceled. The hatred by his flesh because he went to the cross for you. He has canceled the hatred by his flesh and the law of commands in his commandments that for the two he would create in his person one new man. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Father. You know, and everyone wants to talk about this, how it means the Jew and the Gentile. Of course it means the Jew and the Gentile, but you know what? It means we are one with Christ. We are united with the Father. I have the right to walk into the throne room of God and talk to him as my Abba Father. No one is going to tell me that I cannot talk to Daddy. He has given me the privilege of walking straight into the Holy of Holies. Reconciles the two with God in one body. Jesus. Jesus. Say the name. <laughs> and in his crucifixion, he has killed uh, the hatred. And he came preaching the news of peace to you. <laughs> to the distant ones and to those who are near. <laughs> because in him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I have access to you by one spirit through Jesus Christ, and nobody's slamming the door on me. No devil in hell, no demon, no lies. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness, we have a good, good God. <laughs> you have been recreated in grandeur. You have been recreated in his goodness. You have been recreated in his glory. Can, I cannot thank you enough, Lord. I cannot thank you enough, Lord. <sighs> by his crucifixion and only by his crucifixion, by his mercy and his sacrifice, by your blood, Lord, you have done this for me. You have given me yourself in me, in me. We need to get this, beloved. <laughs> one with him, one with him, one with him, one with him, one with him. Recreated into him. <laughs> and as a result, all that hatred, all that rage is canceled. That fleshly, that carnal existence, we do not claim it. It has been canceled by Jesus Christ. In the law of the commands, it says the Old Testament was absorbed, absorbed into his commands. What's that? The law of love. Love. The command of love. Hallelujah. He has drawn us near by his blood, by his blood, by his blood. Two became one, never separated ever again canceling all hatred against me, all rage, all wrath, delivering me, delivering me from the rage of the flesh at peace with God. I get to be at peace with God. You get to walk at peace with God. 
And he did it all when you were entirely opposed to him. He forgave you. He made the way. He canceled the hatred. He gave you mercy and peace through his blood. He became reachable to you, beloved. He gave you total access. Total access, communion, fellowship. You are a member of his home. Now, that's, that's just not a heavenly place. <clears throat> you walked right into that holy of holies and became united with the master of masters, the king of the universe, the creator of all things, the omniscient, the omnipotent, the omnipresent. You have been given the inheritance of every single promise in this word. This is living. This word is alive. It will show you how to divide between flesh. That's what that scripture refers to. It divides between the flesh and the spirit. It will show you how to do that in your life. Hallelujah. We have been infused with Christ. We are inhabited by Christ as born-again believers. And if you are not a born-again believer, all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you, go ahead and you can pray. If you're, if you're watching, if you're watching, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God that he died for my sins. Is there anyone in here who's not saved? Are y'all saved? Are y'all? Everybody over there saved, right? Okay. So this is out in TV land. <laughs> Thank you. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins, but that you were resurrected on the third day so that I could know you and live in your love and your mercy and your kindness. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you, I thank you that you fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you have good and great plans for me. In Jesus' mighty name. If you prayed that, email us and I'll get you some material. Actually, if you prayed that and you're in Washington, you need to come here. <laughs> because we'll love on you. We will love on you and help you to be discipled into the ultimate beauty that God created you to be. Okay, back to our scriptures. Ephesians 2.19. Therefore, you are not strangers, hallelujah, neither guests, you are not a guest, you are inhabitants of the city of the Holy One and children of the household of God. That's who you are. You are not a guest. You are an inhabitant of the Holy City that's here and now, of the household of God. You belong in his home and you are built up upon the foundation of the apostles and of the prophets and he is the head of the corner of the building he is the head of the corner of the building Jesus is our head Yeshua the Messiah get this you guys gotta understand these next couple phrases because this is where God is taking you and the whole building is constructed by him do you enjoy the fact that you are being constructed by God I can't imagine any better hands to be constructing my life the whole building is constructed by him and grows into a holy temple in Lord Jehovah. <sighs> Next time you say that phrase, I am a temple, I am the temple of the Lord, understand what you are saying. constructed by him and grows into a holy temple in the Lord Jehovah 
while you also are built by him for the dwelling of God in the spirit. You are the dwelling of God. Whoa! Go up to somebody out there and say, I'm the dwelling of God. And you can be too. He didn't give me a corner on the market. That'll at least spark a question in their heart. (laughs) You have been made an inhabitant of the holy city of God. You and I are fellow citizens of the holy ones, and we are holy ourselves because Peter said in the very first verse of this epistle that that's who we were. We are children of God's household. <clears throat> and he is building you up in every way, every day. Yes. Don't let your past confound you. Look forward to the way in which he is building you. God is constructing us and growing us up into him the temple of the Lord Jehovah, the Almighty One. I am built by you, O Lord. Say, I am built by you, O Lord. And you dwell in me by Holy Spirit. We are designed by God to be inhabited by him. Thank you, Lord, for the way you see me. Thank you, Lord, for the way you see me because I know I have not seen myself that way through many moments in my life. I have not seen it. And please let me not take what you have done for me in vain by not understanding, by not receiving the revelation that you are so desperately trying to get to me, that I will walk in your fullness, that I walk in your glory, that it is the here and now, that it is not something I am waiting to get. You need me to understand this, and I want to understand this, and I do understand this by your love and your revelation so that I can be glory, the glory of you to those around me. Thank you, Lord, for wanting me. Thank you, Lord, for pursuing me. He's, thank you, Lord, for pursuing me when I did not pursue you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for recreating me into your ultimate beauty by your passion for me, Lord God, by your sweetness for me, Lord God, by your goodness for me, Lord God. I have life together with you through Yeshua the Messiah. We are undivided. We are unseparated. I have access to you. You have given me the right to come and speak and talk and hear You want to know what I'm saying, and I thank you, Lord, that you're ever listening and ever counseling me. So, beloved, this is how we have to see ourselves. This is how we have to see ourselves, because it's the way God sees us, and it is our destiny in him. And when we do this, when we get revelation of this, when someone comes to you and you say, they say, I hate the church. I was hurt by the church. You can show them something different. You know, some people are only going to be drawn by power of miracles but you are a walking miracle and you have been given the authority to lay hands on people. You have been given the authority to pray for them and it says that signs will follow you as a disciple of Christ. That's why you have to understand this because when when we all walk in deeper Ezekiel 47 rivers, deeper and deeper and deeper. And you know, the trees produced all the time, all year round, and the leaves were healing. 
So you see, when you are walking in this, the revelation of this, you are healing to those around you. Okay, so that's basically what the Lord shared with me to share with you. So we're going to take communion. Um, If you don't have elements, raise your hand and someone will bring that to you. Before we take communion, please, please, please listen. We have two events this month. We are going to be on September. We are going to be on September 24th at the fall festival down in Washington. We need workers. We are going to be. Um, they want you to have an activity for kids. So we're going to do yard games, but we're going to be handing out Bibles. We're going to be. We have. Uh, I've ordered the Romans Road Salvation so that you can share you know, one-on-one. We're not going to have like a sit-down class. People are going to be there sharing the love of Jesus. That's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be sharing the love of Jesus, and I'm going to have stuff there that will help you do that in case you don't feel comfortable. We will have the, you know, the salvation plan. You can use that. We're going to have bracelets. We're going to have um, other things and, and the yard game. So please, please sign up for that. We want two-hour shifts. We'd like to have three to four people If you do volunteer, bring a lawn chair because you're probably going to want to sit part of the time. And then Caring Closet, which which is our closet for um, anyone who, you know, women returning to work, uh, stay-at-home moms with their children, senior citizens, uh, free clothing, whatever they need uh, in the back of the church. And that we're going to be on the citywide garage sale thing that day too. So we'll need a couple people here also. Sue Damrell, you can see her um, for that. And you can see Wesley um, and I don't know who else. You, Wesley, for the 24th? Okay. Um, So anyway, that's that. And did you have something? Oh, she needed, hey, she she needs a communion. If someone would get that for her, that would be awesome. Lord, you tell us to take communion. You can stand. You tell us to take communion in the remembrance of you. So today, Lord, we very intentionally remember and we very intentionally, we thank you for what you've done, for all that you've done. We thank you that, that you did not see it as shame to go to that cross for us, Lord. But you were willing to take <coughs> the relentless torments. You were willing to be spat upon. You were willing to take that crown of thorns. You were willing to take those lashes because you saw what God meant for us to be. And you wanted us in the family with you. And we can't thank you enough. And we thank you that by your stripes we are healed. And we thank you that you were willing to pour out your blood. Nobody took your life, you gave it freely. And you were willing to pour out your blood for our forgiveness. Lord, if there are things in our lives that we've done that displease you, reveal them. And we choose to repent of them, Lord. We choose to put those things at your feet. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for washing us clean white as snow. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Okay, and I'm going to read a a bit of a scripture for our tithes. 
and our offerings today. I'm going to go to 1 Kings 17, and I'm going to start in verse 7. This is the widow uh, um, at Zarephath. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in their land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. You know, God has supernatural provision for you, beloved. Whatever the situation is, he has supernatural provision for you. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah, with a J, Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, but first is our tithe. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. When we follow the word of the Lord, do not fear. The flour and the oil will not run dry. He knows how to take care of you. So, Lord, we come before you with our tithes and offering. We come with cheerful hearts. We come knowing that you are our provider. And we freely, joyfully give our tithes and our offerings. And we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I love you guys in the name of Jesus.